Hi, everyone. I'm Matthew McFarland. And I'm Eddie Estrada. And this is Highbrow. Lowbrow. Episode two. Dose, dose up in here. I, I'm really excited that we made it to the second episode. <laughs> we made it past one episode to the second episode. Yeah, this episode. is not just like a fleeting like project. Like We're actually serious about this uh, podcast and these movies. We are. We, we hope you subscribe to us wherever we are. Yes. We had a great time talking about Eddie Murphy last week. Yes. Um, I think he was the perfect person to kind of start us off. And, and before we get into... Sandy B this week. Yeah. I need to know how your week went with your highbrow moment and your lowbrow moment. Oh, you got it. Okay. Let me think. Um, Oh, okay. I, I actually have a feeling the highbrow moment is the same. Okay. But v- interview with a vampire on AMC plus. Oh my God. Okay. So if, for those of you who don't know, um, Anne Rice is a famous um, novelist of vampires, witches, and, uh, you know, scary lore. Um, And her most famous stories are about Lestat the Vampire, um, which are chronicled in the uh, interview with the vampire, the Vampire Chronicles. Yes. And uh, there's that famous movie with uh, Brad Pitt and Tom Cruise. Is it Tom Cruise? Yeah, it's and Tom Kirsten Cruise, Dunst. Kirsten Dunst, and... Um, well, AMC Plus um, is producing a sort of uh, anthology series on their platform and it's uh, the same sort of Anne Rice interview with the vampire, but it's from the point of view of a different character. And the first two episodes came out on Sunday, and they are so freaking good. I know it's another streaming service to, like, subscribe to and, like, pay money for. Well, not for everyone. I mean, if you have Shudder, you already have Shudder already, my horror fans out there, it's just $1 more, and you get Shudder too. so... Oh, well, great. I didn't even know that. AMC Plus, just for those who know. Yeah, not to be confused with AMC, the movie theater. It's the Which network work? that it has Walking Dead and Mad Men and all that stuff. Um, so that was my highbrow. My lowbrow? I guess I'll just go with bros. Okay. Bros was my, was my lowbrow. Yeah, you were dragging your feet to see it. I, okay. So something that I'm trying to do, and I'm trying to get everybody else to do, is... Not write off a movie, a TV show, a piece of theater, not write off any piece of art without seeing it, hearing it, viewing it, like just digesting it in person for yourself. And I will be the first to say that I was being a little bitch and I was like, oh, Billy Eichner, oh, this movie. I just, I was throwing a bunch of preconceived notions on it, which is so not fair. And I'm glad that I got over my own BS and went and saw this movie because y'all, bros it's fantastic it's really cute it is so fantastic it is a great lgbtq story for today it i see it setting up and opening a lot of doors for more like in-depth and and even in even better brighter lgbt lgbtq yeah. stories to be made so i highly recommend people go see it pump up that box office so that we make more movies that are just as good if not better than this and that explore other you know, shades of our group because we're very, like, just like the movie talks about, we're a very big group. We're very diverse. Um, but this might set us up to make more movies like that. So please, please go see it if you haven't. I thought it was great. I, I did have a moment where I saw myself on screen when <laughs> Billy Eichner asks uh, Luke McFarlane, what's your favorite movie? And he goes, The Hangover. And he's like, you can't be serious. And he's like, oh, no, I was just joking. That but very, he's not yeah, joking. Very, very, very <laughs> you. Except my favorite movie is Clueless. Right. right. So, right. you know, so everyone has their own choice. Now, I'm really, I, because I, I could have sworn your highbrow was going to be the same as mine, at the least. But what's your highbrow moment? So my highbrow moment is a little film called Barbarian that I saw. Duh. We saw this week. 
Oh my and god! Actually, both of my movies are horror movies. So Barbarian is a very high, like it's considered horror, but it's more considered highbrow horror. Um, if, I would agree with that. It was very well done. It's it, the idea behind it. Once you realize what the movie's actually about, it's. I mean, I was upset at the end. Like I was sad, and for reasons you might, if you watch the movie, you'll understand. But it was very highbrow. It was a very highbrow horror. Yeah. Now, my lowbrow was Smile, which, which was a lowbrow horror movie, but it was so good. So good. It it tricked me. I turned to Matthew at one point in the movie and I was like, this is this is how it's supposed to end, blah, 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 like the whole thing. And then they flipped it on me and I was like, well, they got me. And it's exactly what I want from a horror movie. I want to leave it feeling unsettled. Yes. Any movie, any horror movie... Horror movies do not need to have good endings. They want to make you feel like you're still in danger when you leave the theater. Yes. That is a testament to a great horror film. Agreed. And they took, and again, I don't want to spoil anything, but they took a concept that I've we've seen before yes. in other films, but it's so perfect for today. Yes. It talks about an issue that is very prevalent today in our culture yes. and our society Highly recommend Smile. So it was, I'm so glad you brought that up yeah. because that was I was thinking about that one, but I figured Smile would be your lowbrow, so I was like, I'll give him that. Well, um, I mean, I, I, actually, three of our four t- are all horror based. I've I'm in a it horror is October. Kick. Yeah, I, you know me. I watch a horror movie a day in October. That's a podcast and a video for another time. <laughs> yeah. But I've been watching some really really good horror. If I'm going to throw some other high bow in there, oh, go for it. Um, might as well throw out suggestions. Uh, just on Shutter, there's a lot of a lot of really good things. I mean, Lowbrow Sissy was really fun to watch. If you're into, oh, I that. heard good things about that. Um, and then there was one and I speak no evil. Ooh, ooh, speak no evil and the watcher. If you can watch any two horror films on shutter or AMC plus, if you have it, uh, check out the watcher. Fantastic. Another movie that made me feel very unsettled. Um, another kind of, you know, what situation. movie I've never seen before that they just remade on Hulu that I hear is, uh, is fantastic is Hellraiser. Yes. Well that comes so, out, I think tomorrow. So I'm going to probably watch that this week because I haven't seen the original, but I want to see this one. Okay. Well we, I'm going to make you watch the original and then we'll watch the new one too, because the original Ugh. it's Hellraiser is a classic pinhead. Come on. I know, but I, I was terrified. Of pinhead finally, when I was they younger. made a, a sequel that's worthy of the show. Is yes. what people are saying. I'm the, I'm excited, but yeah, mm, horror. We'll get into that later in this month. So, okay, I'm so excited. So am I. Um, Sandra Bullock, Sandy B, my girl, Sandy B. Sandy she B. is one of my favorite actors. Um, I think she's globally like the people world's favorite actor. Like, she's been in so many incredible films. Um, let's just do, like do a little bit of background on her. Okay. Um, real quick, you know, the history You're the, the film historian. So basically, uh, Sandra Bullock kind of blew up when she starred in the action film demolition man in 1993 that paired with speed in 1994, really boom, jettisoned her into like stardom. And after that in the nineties, she was like the nineties queen while you were sleeping, hope floats the net and a time to kill all in the night, all within, I think like a couple years of each other. Like she just classics classics. all around. And then the two thousands, we get like Miss Congeniality. We get two weeks notice. We get the heat. We get oceans eight. Oh, the heat in the the twenties and the 2010s. We get like all these great comedies. Um, but the film that we're going to talk about today, well, there's two, the highbrow film we're going to talk about today is the 2013 Oscar winning. I, it's one of my favorite movies. I think it's the sci-fi epic gravity. 
And then our lowbrow film. <laughs> what is our lowbrow film this week? All about Steve. Yes. Uh, 2009 comedy. Uh, and uh, we're going to dissect both of them today. <laughs> We I we have lots to talk about because there's a lot to to talk about because with both I of just want to say we'll get into it but all about Steve I might have cried I definitely did cry you and walked in on me crying I did and let me just say we'll get to all about Steve second we'll start with the highbrow and then we'll go to the lowbrow I will say though with all about Steve just off the bat is there's a lot of merit there's a lot of nuggets in that film that I get why it was made and I get why Sandra Bullock did it yeah. But I I think it missed the mark, but we'll we'll get to it. We'll, we'll get, get to it. it. But let's start with gravity. <sighs> okay. Gravity. All right. Well, let's so okay. So since we're starting with gravity, I want you to tell me what the plot was. Okay. What was the plot? So first and foremost, this is not a drama. This is a horror film. This is I was like I don't okay, I I watch a lot of horror as we've discussed on this yes. podcast and in real life. And I like horror because it spooks me, but I know I'm good. At the end of the day, like I know I could I could I could be anything. Throw me Mike Myers, throw me Jason, I could take it on. Yes. Put me in space, no. bitch, I'm dead. Yeah. I'm dead. I was I was stressed. I forgot how stressful the film was and I was even more I'm I was like stressed. even like tight in the chest talking about it cuz I <sighs> I think I texted you and I said, "I hate you for making me watch this movie." You did. I think it's why I didn't hit my sleep goal <laughs> last night because no. I was still, oh I had so God. much adrenaline and cortisol in my system. I just couldn't stay <sighs> down. <laughs> but Gravity, Gravity is a film about a group of astronauts, astronauts. I said that really silly. And they're trying to fix like the space station or something. I don't know the details. There was a lot of words <laughs> in the beginning that I was like, Whoop, this just all is science and i i, I consider no, 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 myself but that's a the basic gist yes okay and there's a uh like a bunch of debris coming toward where they're working and they get the information a little bit too late and this debris sends everything haywire and these people are just floating in space and mm -hmm. let me tell you if i know anything about space i'm like why can't they just move and there's like no gravity so you can't really like use wind or there's no wind or air so you can't use anything there's no sound, to like there's no nothing in space no one can hear you scream aliens that's a great space movie but that's different because i'm like i can beat you know but i can't beat huh <laughs> they're two different things totally totally so so that's what, happens, what gravity's about what happens when well there's a little bit more like how does it end Oh, you want me to tell the whole movie? Okay. Yeah, wait, so, wait, wait, wait. What okay, happened? so yeah, so like all this stuff happens. They're floating in space. Uh, it's George Clooney and Sandra Bullock. What and, a pair. And I mean. What a, a pair. My favorite My favorite was when she's like spinning in space and he finally grabs her and she's like, <gasps> and he's like, I know you haven't noticed how dangerously good looking I am, but try, try to stop staring. And I it's was like. It's the perfect role for him. It really is. The charming, like. Yeah, Leader. astronaut. Yeah, you, like you trust him, but he's kind of Sandra is doing. I I was very mad at her at this movie. This is another movie where I was very frustrated with the person that I'm supposed to be on the side of, um, like Effie in Dreamgirls. I was so mad at Sandra for like most of the movie, and because <laughs> she everything she does, there's no sense of urgency to everything that she does in this movie. Whereas, she can only go as fast as she can. She's in zero gravity. She can't like move as like, 
George had way more urgency because than he's Sandra a trained did. astronaut and she's only been training for six but, months. Yeah, but who goes into space after six months? Pete Davidson? Well, no. We find out that she suffered a great loss in her life. So she takes just six months to go to space? No. It's, it's, well, Continue with the plot and I'll kind of get into what. So basically George Clooney has to sacrifice himself to like get the energy or like to make sure that Sandra doesn't get pulled off into space as well. So they both die. So he's like, I'm going to let you go. And he's like, you should see the sunrise from this. I'm like, wow, what a hero. And so then Sandra has to figure everything out and she doesn't know anything. And she's trying to cut corners. She's trying to do things that he said not to do. And then she sets the Russian space station on fire and then she gets into the like escape pod and then she the escape pod can't release and then she's it's just a big old mess and then she finally gets to the chinese space station and then comes back down to earth and then gravity almost kills her because she almost drowns and then she survives and i'm getting the feeling you didn't like this movie i don't i don't think i liked it as much as you wanted me to like it i mean okay so yes you, you got the basic plot correct um Ryan Stone, who has been asked by NASA to, um, she's been, de- she's developed this technology. <laughs> Me going, did Ryan Stone write this movie? No. <laughs> not realizing that was her name. That's I, her name. Once again, did not learn anyone's name in this movie. It's George and Sandra. Sure. Um, so. Uh, and Sharif. Yeah, it was, I think, Carl Kowalski. Or no, Andy Kowalski. Or his last name was Kowalski. I just remember his last name. Okay. So, um, astronaut Kowalski and Stone. So she has only been recently enlisted by NASA because she has developed a technology that they're trying to add to the sat, their own satellite. And we find out that she is like the new, she's the new girl. She trained for six months for this project. Um, and they're about to go home. They're almost done. Um, they get word that, um, debris from, uh, um, a uh, Russian satellite, right? A Russian satellite and a, and a, like sort of a crater created a chain reaction and at first they said just be mindful of it it's not coming for you and then it changed course quite quickly and it cuts through their entire uh satellite and space station um the only two survivors are george and sandra um and then uh, at one point um they have to disconnect because as you said uh the pull is is pulling him out and he knows better that you know one of them being able to survive is better than none of them yeah so then the remainder of the movie is just her and she is all alone up there trying desperately to figure this out on her own um but what we find out about her is that she had a child that died which was really sad like she's like she was just playing tag and fell and hit her head and died and 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 it and it it could, to me, it's, it makes so much sense. A woman who literally has lost everything. No, what, like you go, like you go into space, you go, you go into the unknown because you have nothing left to lose. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. And you know, when she talks about the beginning, like how she loves the quiet, cause I'm sure her, you know, and the more the movie goes on, the more we realize how much she hasn't been living on earth since well, the she death just drives. Of, she just drives. She's on autopilot. So for her to overcome all of this, to find the will to survive and to find a path forward and to make it back to earth all within 90 minutes. Oh, I did love that. How literally the movie was the, it was in real time. It Yes. And 
I am a, I mean, if you know me at all, one of my biggest things is if you cannot tell your story in 90 minutes or less, I do. If you can't tell your story and I'm talking movies and I'm even talking theater as well. If you can't tell your story in 90 minutes or less, go back to the drawing board y'all because what Alfonso Cuaron and Sandra do in this film, they create an entire story, an entire world. You learn everything you need to know about this person in 90 minutes. Yeah. And it's such a beautiful story about survival. I just, I, I freaking loved it. I loved it when it came out. It came out in 2013, just after I graduated college. And this was after Sandra Bullock. This was about three years after Sandra had won her Oscar for The Blind Side. And as much as I liked her in The Blind Side, that very, that very much felt like she was being awarded for her entire body of work. You know, sometimes Oscars okay. are awarded. Uh, I could argue the same thing with Will Smith winning last year. It's like this person's finally arrived after an incredible body of work and we want to honor them. I wish they had waited a little longer because I think Sandra's performance in this was her best, her career best, in my opinion. Okay. Um, She did not win. She lost to Kate Blanchett for Blue Jasmine, which is arguably fair because Kate was quite good in that film. Okay. Uh, But I just thought she was so great. So I'm going to give some stats on the film real quick. Um, let me look at my notes. So directed by Alfonso Cuaron, written by Alfonso and his son, Jonas. Um, and they actually did not set out to make a space movie. That's the, what is really interesting about this is that they wanted to write a movie about survival. They wanted to write a movie about adversity and overcoming it. And okay. so originally, like, so they were like, where do, so they kind of wanted to write a script and it could be put sort of anywhere, like in the middle of the desert with no water in the middle of, um, anywhere where the terrain is inhospitable. But then as they developed the script, the idea of putting it in space just seemed so obvious and so right. Um, it's was, it took four and a half years to make this movie. Uh, it was about a year to write the script. And then it took about three years to film, to master the visual effects and to film it. Uh, What's crazy about this movie is that most of it is computer generated. Most of what you see in this movie is completely computer generated and, and created by the visual effects team and the incredible cinematographer. Um, Oh, what's his name? Hold on. I have to get his name because he has won three Oscars for cinematography. He, Emmanuel Lubezki. Um, and he is the cinematographer for the three amigos. So he, the three amigos, by the way, um, in cinema, the three amigos are Guillermo del Toro, Alfonso, uh, or Alejandro Inaritu, and Alfonso Cuaron. Me going like, wait, the three caballeros, the three amigos, like that movie? <laughs> like Not Steve Martin, Martin Short, and the other person. No. Oh my God. The three amigos of cinema. <laughs> Literally what I thought I was like, oh, wait, we're going, I love that movie. Hi, bro, low, bro. Um, <laughs> the three amigos of cinema are Guillermo, Guillermo del Toro, Alfonso Cuaron. Steve Martin. Martin Short. I can't remember his last And Alejandro uh, Inaritu. And uh, Emmanuel is their cinematographer and he's won three Oscars in the last 10 years. Um, he's incredible. So, it took that much time to create the visual effects and to kind of get everything made for this okay. movie. Um, it, uh, they actually created this thing called the light box. So it was a fixture of lights and kind of like a little kind of like encasing that Sandra would have to sit in. It was so hard to get into and out of that. Once she was in it, she was in it and she sat in there for like 10 hours a day shooting. That's why. And like, and communicated to, with Alfonso over headset. Um, and, uh, it 
cost a hundred million to make. It made seven hundred and twenty-three million. Worldwide. That's crazy. Um, fun fact: uh, Sandra was not the first choice for this film. Who was? Um, some of the major names that were floated around were Angelina Jolie, Marion Cotillard, Blake Lively, and Natalie Portman. Okay, I have, I have, a, I have a take. I think Natalie Portman would have been she better. She was the one out of that <laughs> list who I thought could have done the film, but I don't know. Some, I think, I really thought this was really a right pick for Sandra. Um, and it was eighth highest grossing film of 2013. And it won seven out of 10 Oscars, six out of 11 BAFTAs. It won one Golden Globe. Um, Alfonso Cuaron won uh, the DGA for directing when he went on to win the Oscar. It tied the PGA uh, with 12 Years a Slave. And 12 Years a Slave is the film that won Best Picture that year, which beat Gravity. But Gravity took the most Oscars that year. Um, I can't say enough good things about this film. See, okay. (laughs) I'm going to give you some takes now because I get... I all respect to Sandy, all respect to Alfonso and George and Emmanuel. It's beautifully done. It actually kind of spooked me a little bit. I, you know, the internet and the computers are always listening and mm-hmm. watching. I would, I had to pause this movie a couple of times. And when I came back, my screensaver was literally just like the Apple screensaver from space. And I was like, <laughs> no, I was like, is, did I pause at this part? <laughs> I don't remember this planet. Nope. Uh, but it, it was a horror f- – the moment I knew it was a horror film was when we saw Sh- Sharif's face completely, like, a hole in his face. And then you're like, oh, it's fine. And then they get into the space station, and that woman is, like, floating frozen from the air. I was like, this is a horror movie. But that's what would happen to you if – No, I know. But it was the jump – Instant death. Those were jump scares for me. <laughs> but – I don't know. I just I I it's a good movie. I'm not going to I'm not going to say it was a bad movie. I just was like, eh. I figured she was going to survive. I was stressed, but in my head I was like, I know she's going to make it. And then when the ghost of George Clooney comes back, I was like, what is going on in here? But I get she has like no oxygen. She's seeing hallucinations. She's dreaming. And like his stuff, but like when the first door first opens and like it's all that, I was like, what is going on here? It was weird. But and yeah, I think it just annoyed me that she was so slow. I was just like, it was just a frustrating movie. For, and I think maybe that You would have died in a minute. No, I would have survived. No. Uh-uh. <laughs> you would be dead. You would be so dead. Like but everything was... And like, she didn't check. She again, didn't see the fire coming in. Everyone saw the fire coming in. She's got a fucking thousand things to think about. And it wasn't fire. It was just spark. Like... As you can see, those, like even in the construction of the of the ship, those the, those things are built contingencies upon contingencies yes. upon contingencies. So like if that stuff happens, you lock yourself out and, of yeah, one and portion, and then you get to the next one. I get it. I get it. I cannot believe you're not giving Sandy more credit. I I give Sandy a lot of no, credit. No, I mean Ryan Stone. Oh, Ryan Stone. Ugh. Well, I don't know. Uh. Yeah, I liked that it was real time. I thought it was really cheeky that at the end, like, she almost dies because she's, like, the gravity of the ocean is pulling her down. And ocean is space, essentially. It's the on-land space. Mm-hmm. Because we don't know what goes down under there. Um, but, yeah, I'm glad she survived in the end. I loved when she, like, lands on the ground and, like, gets the sand and she's like, <gasps> she could breathe her own air. I thought that was really beautiful. It's beautifully done. Don't get me wrong. It's just, eh. 
I don't think you were listening to like her, I was. her personal life. I was. And I was like, okay, your kid died. You, you went to space because of it. Like, it just felt like she was very, like, yeah, she was upset. But I, I was like, I don't know. It didn't hit me the way I think it should have. Oh, my God. When she, at the end, when she's talking to George and is like, okay, that part a, got you me. see a little girl. I found the red shoe. That got me. That did get me. Come on. That, that part was really good. That was emotional for me because she was like, she's like, I know you're going to meet her. She never has her hair. She's going to have messy hair. She was so worried about the red shoe. Just tell her it was under the bed. It was under the That part did get me. That was emotional. But the rest of the movie... I was just mad. <laughs> I think I was just so mad uh, that I couldn't get past that. Okay. Well, that's fair. I mean, I was so mad watching Norbit. It's fair. Okay. We're, you know, we're going to get, we're going to get mad sometimes. Um, is there anything else you have to say about gravity? Um, I think we mentioned it all. I think I mentioned it all. And we'll do our highbrow and lowbrow moment of the movie. Yeah. I do want to just give a little more end. info about like how the Academy Awards shaped out that year. So, um, yeah, I because I, I was like, Sandra, oh my God, like I remember wanting her to win so badly, but then I was like, but who else was nominated that year? It was a very good year for film. Um, The other films nominated for Best Picture, 12 Years a Slave, which won? American Hustle, fabulous. Captain Phillips, fabulous. Dallas Buyers Club, fabulous. Gravity, fabulous. Her, which <gasps> I think was my favorite movie of the year with I Joaquin Phoenix. Her. Holy crap. Nebraska fantastic Felimena, fantastic wolf of wall street fantastic mm. like bing bang boom and then i bet from that list you can tell movies i've seen and which i haven't yes it like all <laughs> amazing films um and that best actress category was also stacked meryl street for august Osage county judy dench for Philomena, sandra bullock gravity amy adams american hustle and Kate blanchett blue jasmine which i mean kate was unbelievable i would argue though what Sandra did, I just, what Sandra did using her imagination. Yeah. That okay. is the true mark of an actor. So she this had is... to craft all of that in her head. And of course she had her director. She had her team with her to paint a picture of what this was all going to look like. But that is, that is acting. Yeah. Using what's inside here and going for it. Whereas Kate was amazing, but a lot of people compared that character in that Woody Allen film to, um, to Blanche Dubois in uh, uh, Streetcar Named Desire. Okay. Um, like a struggling Southern drunk. Thank you for explaining to me because, you know, I've never seen right. Streetcar Named I was like, oh, Desire. I need to kind of elaborate. Um, but yeah, Gravity took home so many words that year. Grad Alfonso won for director. He's won again since for Roma, which is another beautiful film that he's mm. made. Um, and I just, oh, Sandra, I love her. And I think everything she's in, even All About Steven, which we'll get to it, she she has this special spark that is just, oh, is really great. I was actually watching this and there was like a close-up on her face with that short haircut when she was in the thing. And I was like, wait, am I Sandra Bullock? I kind of looked like Sandra Bullock. I thought I was like, wait, do you see it? Do you see it? <laughs> the haircut. <laughs> Space! Okay. Um. So I think I think that's a good like chunk about gravity. Okay. All um, right. All about Steve. So okay. this came out, what, 2009? Yes. So I was a sophomore in high school when this came out, and I saw this movie. This was a movie I went to go see with my friends in theaters. Yeah, I was about to graduate high school when this okay. came out. Um, Do you want me to start by... Yeah, give me a little synopsis. Well, just tell me what the movie's about. Okay. Um. Well, we find um a... Uh, crossword puzzle 
author, which by the way, she's from Sacramento, which I got to represent. I'm from the Bay, you know, and if you like it high fee, we take it to the Bay. Just go to Sac town. We do it a day. This is why I'm hot. You don't remember that song? No, I do. I'm just telling you. Well, and it's also the Sacramento Bee, <laughs> not the Sacramento Herald, but like, but, okay, they have to change some stuff. Okay. But yeah, Sacktown. So, uh, my family has a lot of history in Sacramento, so but, I was like, represent. All right. So, Mary. <laughs> we Magdalene. find Mary. Um, she is a crossword puzzle writer for the Sacramento Herald. Mm-hmm. Um, and she is um, peculiar. Um, her, she has an interesting haircut. She has an interesting, uh, fashion style. Um, you can tell she's highly intelligent. Um, uh, and she might have a lisp. Um, it goes in and out. Um, and basically what happens is that, um, it's made clear to us by her that she is, um, looking for love. Um, She's highly intelligent and also highly sexual. Yes. Um, and uh, her parents set her up on a blind date. Uh, she goes on a blind date with a cameraman from a local from a local news affiliate, played by Bradley Cooper, who looks fantastic in this film. This is old Bradley. This is before his this nose is, job. No, and he before, looks better in this than I think. No, anything he does. Else. He looks truly. He looks chef's kiss. Um. So, uh, they go on a blind date that lasts about. 15 minutes um because bradley quickly realizes that she's an odd ball and he's not into it um he makes up a lie that he has to go he's being called for to breaking news in uh somewhere else and he has to go she for whatever reason oh so the next day she um creates a crossword puzzle all about steve and all of the clues for the crossword are about Steve. The problem is, is that the greater Sacramento, the greater Sacramento area doesn't know who Steve is. Everyone is confused and upset by the crossword. And even though it's established that her crossword doesn't really mean anything to the paper, she somehow has fucked up one time and is now fired. One mess up and she's fired. But I'm not done. So then she, um, since she doesn't have a job anymore, she decides to pursue love and to follow Steve where he goes for breaking news. Uh, Steve works for um, he and Ken Jeong, which I died. Yeah, I think this was their first movie right before Hangover that they did together. I, or like it was the same time. It was around, it, Hangover came out around the same time. I'm sure this was definitely the same time. It's very weird that they, yeah, 2009 yeah. was when Hangover came out. And I was like, oh, Weird. Totally. Um, so they both work for um Thomas Hayden Church. Hayden who's playing who's playing who's playing um a uh uh an anchor who's trying to move up, but he's also kind of the villain of the film. Um and long story short, Sandy follows him to I think three or four different states, seemingly like that, time doesn't really exist in this film because it seems within the course of two days they hop from state to state. No problem. We never see nightfall in this film. Not once do we see nightfall. I think at the end of the film, we see nightfall when she's stuck in the, the coal mine. Yes. Mm-hmm. Sandy gets stuck in a coal mine. So that brings us to the end of the film where the last location that Sandy follows Bradley to, she falls in a coal mine. She saves a deaf child. Who gets no name. They just call her a little deaf little girl. Little deaf girl. The whole time. Um, so yeah, that's basically the plot. Um, 
Bradley and her don't end up together. She makes some friends along the way. And I, I suppose the, 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 the moral of the film is um, find your people, find your community, yeah. um, find the people who are normal for you. Um, so, yeah, it was, it was not as, uh, let me tell you, this went down way easier than Norbit. Holy crap. This went, this went down way easier than that. I'm glad. And I see, and I, well, as we go through it, I have tons of notes. Unlike Norbit, I, I took notes like crazy. Um, there, I do see the pearls of, of why someone like Sandra would read this and go, oh, I want to do this. There's a lot of, there's a lot of sweet things in here, but I think it, it really missed the mark and it's, it, I, it was, it's an uncomfortable watch. Okay. I have some things to say. First Go. of all, Gibby from iCarly for those fans out there. He has a little cameo, has a speaking part right at the beginning. Who? Gibby. Remember from iCarly, Gibby. Oh he's no. He's like shirtless and I'm Gibby. I didn't watch iCarly cause you okay. know, well, so for all you <laughs> iCarly fans out there, Gibby has an appearance. The very beginning, so that was fun. I literally wrote back when Bradley Cooper was cute. cute. <laughs> yeah, right? so here's my thing. This movie, which Sandra won the Razzie for, and she accepted, and I watched the, the speech, which I'm going to talk to you about. Watching this movie again and seeing how Mary Magdalene Horowitz was, you know, going through. That's her full name? Mary Magdalene Horowitz, yes, is her full name. Um, she, she reveals that. Um uh it 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 made me realize a little bit like why I like movies like this and Norbit and I think this is why I was crying because at the end she's basically like he was my ticket to normal and the deaf girl's like why do you want to be normal and she's like oh, and that was like her aha moment also she's able to read the sign language but she's not signing back to the girl in the coal mine she's just no. speaking to her and having this little girl read lips when clearly she understands Sign language. So why can't you sign it back? So that was, that was another an issue for me. But one of the many. But I like seeing these. I think because I've always felt like the underdog. I've always felt like the one who's not normal. That when I watch movies like this, where like the person who's kind of the outcast becomes the hero, it really hits me somewhere. And just seeing them find themselves and find their power. And then this time she finds the power through her like buddies that she meets when she's uh, doing the the news the news run for Three Leggy Peggy, the the baby that's gonna be born L- with yes. three legs. Let's actually let's let's go back to that real quick. So, I yeah I I hold on I I gotta get to my notes. Um, so. Yes, again, I'm just so surprised how we get from Sacramento to Tucson to Oklahoma City to Colorado so fucking quickly. We literally jump from state to state like we have a time warp that no one else is aware of. It's it's wild to me. Um, <laughs> uh, she at uh, one point gets picked up by a trucker yes. who doesn't rape her, thank God, implying that all truckers are rapists. It was very bizarre. Um I, oh yeah, my favorite quote. I bet my left ovary that that doctor right there is not a doctor. Um, but yeah, apparently there is a a three legged child, and there's a big debate over whether the leg should be removed or not removed. Uh, there's a big debate over whether you're pro leg or anti leg, and that's how she meets her pro leg people, her her friends, her pro leg friends. Um, and she um ends up going like on a little like road trip with two of them. Um. Uh, while they're driving, they hit a motherfucking tornado and uh, somehow survive. Um, 
And then again, we're then we somehow find ourselves in an abandoned mine shaft where the deaf children are. Okay, let me break a couple things down for you. So, <laughs> first of all, I'm pro leg. Um, I mean, so am I. Pro-leg. Because Sandy makes a really great point. Mary Magdalene in the movie, she goes, um, if the if the leg is a fully like if if can work, fully then that's leg. a that's a medical miracle. Like we need to keep the leg, but if it's not, then we need to you know remove the leg so she's pro leg she meets katie Mixon. oh wait you also did you remember the save my save the leg my lord save the leg <laughs> well, just lightly peppered in the background as if you almost can't hear it but i well, caught it all of those people who are like pro leg people these are all like like you have lunell one of the best comedians of all time yeah you've got katie Mixon from american housewife which if you never watched american housewife on abc Katie Mixon is a icon. It is one of the funniest sitcoms that has been around. I love American Housewife. She's so good in it. And seeing her in this, I was like, oh, she's perfect for this role. She's like the friend that wears the crochet right, 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 stuff. Right. Um, you've got that fa- that famous actor. I can't remember his name, but he was in everything. Like, like um, the skinny pinhead kid. Yeah, like not to wear my car, but like um, Tom Green. He's like yeah. in all those Tom Green movies. And he, I love his thing. He carves apples to look like celebrities so he has like he like rots apples and carves them so the two he has in that car, was fucking wild mother Teresa and clay aiken i was like clay aiken this is a throwback because who remembers clay aiken literally 2009 that was like when it was a moment <laughs> um but like okay if we want to talk about how they got from place to place so she's basically following the news van as it's going from place to place. So they go from, she goes from California. Then she gets to, Tucson. she flies to Tucson to get to Tucson for whatever. She flies? I'm assuming. Because then she flies because she doesn't have a car because she gets there. And, oh no, she doesn't fly. Remember she takes the bus to the, to the Oh yeah. Trucker. And then the trucker, the trucker takes, takes her, her. And then yeah. they have, I'm not going to rape you. Thanks Sorry, for not yeah. raping me. Yes. So she, the trucker gets her to Tucson. But again, it seems like that drive took an hour. The time of day doesn't change. Okay, well, she obviously went to bed. Like, you have to... That's what I'm saying. You have to give it some grace. They can't just show, like, oh, she's been traveling for 14 hours. No, that's not... That's not... Okay, so then when she gets there, that's when her two buddies are like, well, we'll drive you down to Texas. And they're like, cool. So they drive to Texas, and then they get... They save themselves by sitting in the storm drain because he's like, this is a storm drain. We can be safe in here. Like, their own smarts help them realize that they can survive. And the, also the cicadas are there and they love cicadas and they're trying to go see the cicada thing. So that that's when they're in Galveston, Texas, Arizona, Texas. Yeah. I, that's like a two day drive. Ex- exactly. They don't establish the passage of time is what I'm trying to say. Okay, well, they never establish. Remember that. how, remember how you tell me sometimes you just got to let the movie, like you just got to believe <laughs> you just got to no, believe. I say that it's the movie's job to establish solid circumstances for you so that they can, so that you could be taken on a ride. Okay. Well, I was taken on a ride. You clearly, clearly. Um, <laughs> but yeah, but so then, I mean, basically what happens is like these, a bunch of these deaf kids fall into like, they're going to the park or like some fair and there's a sinkhole that opens to a mine and they think they get all the kids. And then Mary's trying to literally just run to go see Bradley Cooper, not realizing there's the giant hole there and falls into the hole herself. Which, By the way, she would have absolutely died. Well, falling, falling. I mean, all those kids would have died. Number one, number two, she would have, as they showed in the simulation, she would have ping ponged uh, like literally all the way down, hitting her head hard on the rocks, and would have bled out. Suspend reality, believe the movie. So, 
I mean, and then she gets out because she realizes she's like, oh my God, if I, if we counterbalance the weight with this like mind cart and let it go, then we'll be good. But then she has it all set up to go. And then Hayden Christensen has to like throw Thomas himself in because he like, he's like, oh, I'll just take the <laughs> fire hose, which as a son of a firefighter, unless those things are hooked in, it's not going to go any, like you're obviously going to detach. And so we, she has to recalibrate to get him back up too. And then she saves the day with everyone. So I want to talk about Thomas Hayden Church's character because okay. he's sort of the villain of this movie. Like for, for seemingly no reason, yeah. he finds out that Bradley Cooper's character is getting stalked by Mary. Mm-hmm. And for seemingly no reason, like I thought maybe he wanted to like juice up like a story he could use to get promoted because his, his ambitions are to be an anchor. But then seemingly just because he feels like messing with his his cameraman he tricks mary into thinking that bradley cooper wants her to actually be there when she doesn't he sends her on this wild goose chase he pulls that stunt saving her even though mary is completely totally the only savior in the film and yet he wins at the end of the day he gets promoted and like he's i hate that that he's the bad guy he gets to win well the reason he wants her to come along and follow at the beginning from from tucson to galvinson is because she knows things and she's remember she's feeding them information about the she finds the the guy the the dad and she's like that's not a dad like that's not a nurse he's not wearing protective footwear and then they're able to get that shot and then she mentions like two more things that they use on the newscast so in my head I'm thinking he wants to keep using her he knows she's an asset and he, that's gonna be his like jump ahead if he gets her information that was not established okay, at so all I caught that so maybe he didn't say anything about that. He did not at all. Okay. He literally just got so excited about the fact that what's his face was getting stalked. And then he goes to mess with her. Okay. Well, I, it's I caught bizarre. that. I caught also, that. Also one line he said, Oh my God, you rest those pretty little mouth pillows. Oh, Oh, mouth pillows. Oh my I, God. <laughs> I remember. Mouth I wrote that pillows. in all caps being like, what a quote. You rest those pretty little mouth pillows. Like, Oh, <laughs> Oh my god! Um, um, but like, so like I said though, I wrote a couple. I wrote a couple things. Yeah, down I want to hear what you have to say because, well, like then I'm going to talk about the Razzie and her Razzie. But speech. lol, um, her parents live in the Brady Bunch house. Yeah, <laughs> just wanted to point that out. Um, Which is oh, not in Sacramento. The, a, the, a quote that made me laugh out loud at the beginning was um, the dad saying, "If you want, if you telling his wife, if you want to see any grandchildren, you better burn those goddamn boots." Which also made me mad because her boots are—it's like her prized possession. But when the police are dragging her away in Tucson, she's literally scratching her boots. Yeah. On the pavement. Yes. But the boots are a big deal. Everyone loves the boots. Um and. The pro leg people, did they not remind you of the crab catchers from 30 Rock? Yes. Very much Floridian vibes. Uh, and I died. Um, yeah, Mary would have died if she fell in the hole. I wrote that a couple times. Like, again, she'd be dead. She would be dead. Um, but here's where, like, if I were to pick the highbrow moment of this film. Okay. It was Bradley's speech at the end. Yes. When he's like, she's kind she sees things other people don't and she shouldn't like I'm the problem he realizes like he's the issue which I thought was very very sweet and again the sentiments that come at the end like words matter Mm -hmm. like 
I wish they had created more nuance between like how she's so meticulous about the words she picks in her crosswords Cross yeah. and how the words that he uses with her are so important and that like words matter and that she takes them seriously. Like that I thought was so nice. Um, LOL, her quote, I'm Jewish Catholic. I'm pretty much set in stone. Thought that was hilarious. Um, but we have a natural compulsion to fill empty spaces. Mm-hmm. I thought that was really sweet. And on the journey of life, find someone as normal as you. Like, there are gems in there, but they did not thread that needle. And when I Googled this movie just to find out, like, response, yeah. it, the response was not good. And you'll get into this in a second. Um, but a lot of people were offended, especially the neurodivergent community was really offended because people on the spectrum were saying that there was maybe a movie here for us. There was maybe a movie here for someone like people who have Asperger's, people who um, who maybe have autism. But they never explicitly say that Sandy has these these conditions yeah um and they never like it could have been a really beautiful film about that or it shouldn't have been at all and it should have they they just they muddied the they muddied the water so much that it ended up coming off offensive and i totally get why yeah but again it was those little gems at the end that made me go i see why reading the script someone goes you know what there's 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 a heart here that i want to get to and I think that's why it made me cry is because all of those things at the end, it's like, that's why I liked this movie when I first watched it is because I always felt like I'm not normal. I don't have like, yeah. you know what I mean? And it's, it's like when Bradley's like, no, I'm the problem. Like you're perfect just the way you are. And she realizes that like, she's like, no, these are my people. I don't need to just be like banging guys left to, right to fill that she, hole. Yeah, she is ready to have sex. Well, literally like the first thing she's like, she's like, I might not have a boyfriend, but I've had liaisons before. Well, and she tells the fireman that she's never met before. Like it's been a while since I have woohoo. Yeah. <laughs> which is all she like, which is what she, I think is she's like, I need to just be hot and sexy and like, just be this person to be, that's normal. But my brain, like my body is what people are going to be after. You know who I when thought it really is my brain. would have been perfect for this? Who? Anna Ferris. I think so too. I don't think Sandra was the perfect choice for this movie. She was not. But I, there is a good movie here. It's a, It has a lot of heart. And so Sandra Bullock won the Razzie for Worst Actress of the Year for All About Steve. Mm-hmm. And she accepted the award. She came Which and accepted the award. And she brought a full, uh, what is it called? Wagon. And she's like, I brought a copy of all about Steve for everyone here. I also have the script. If anyone wants to read it. And she goes, and these three people worked on the movie and they worked their butts off on this movie. And she was like, evidently this is an award for like the worst, whatever, like film and worst actress. But clearly none of you watched the movie cause it's not a bad movie. And I, that's why I brought everyone a copy and I brought the script because if everyone just watches it again, you can return this. I can return this word back to you next year and you can nominate and choose someone else because this isn't a bad movie. And I a hundred percent agree with her. Like this didn't deserve the hate. I think it's because I don't think, I don't think Thomas Hayden church should have been the villain. I think it should have just been Bradley the whole time. I think it should have been clear that Thomas, uh, Hayden's character was just using her for her brains to kind of get himself ahead because that's really what he was using for. And he was, capitalizing on the fact that she loved him because he couldn't convince her to come any other way. I mean, unless he offered her a job, which he couldn't. So he's like, let's just keep her following Bradley. And like, it's also like me making fun of him kind of thing. I I think if it was just tweaked a little bit and it would have been better. And we didn't really need all, we didn't really need the whole Galveston, Texas part. It should have just gone from Tucson straight to. That's the problem is that this movie was an hour and a half and it could have been 45 minutes, but then it's not a movie. Yeah. But 
I, I there's think not enough, for me, there was not enough movie here. There should have been a little bit more at the beginning to establish her backstory, who she was, maybe her growing up, maybe kind of like a Norbit situation where it's like, this is how I grew up. I love crosswords, words matter, blah, 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 all this stuff. And it kind of shows how her whole life, she's fallen back to the words she can find because boys don't want the words and then that's why she's so sexual. Well, I'm, here, I'm, I'm immediately thinking of one of her other films, Miss Congeniality. They do this in the first two minutes yeah. they show a clip of her childhood where she's the tough scrappy girl that has to just fight her way through mm-hmm. life boom fast forward to when she's adult and it's still the she same story the burger on her freaking shirt yeah a more of an establishment of who she was would have helped yeah. making her more of a of a nerd or something and 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 kind of putting like yeah they just they making her more of a nerd and and making it less confusing as to what her state of mind was i think yeah. would have been better um I mean, it, there there's a good movie here. I mean, and you know, she accepted her Oscar the very next day, right? No, I know, yeah, yeah. which I love for the Blind Side. So my thing is, is like, I would remake this movie again. I think I could remake this movie. It again is a movie today. that can, I think there. I think there's enough here that if a good team got behind it, they could they could make something. And I think if they leaned more into the neuro neurodivergency of it, and like maybe got a neurodivergent actor or actress to play this role, that could I be, think it also could have been. I also can see this being like a queer film. I think that could be also. Totally. And I could see her. I thought her, I rewatching again, I thought her and Katie Mixon were going to end up together at the end. I thought Katie Mixon was in love with her. Oh, LOL. Um, and I thought they were going to end. I thought, I was like, that actually would be a better story is she's trying to be normal and then she realizes, oh my gosh, everything's backwards. I actually love you but and we're... Or like, that's the thing is I wanted there to be more like she's trying so hard for this imaginary life with Bradley that she knows nothing about. And yet she has friends right here that are giving her everything she needs. And I kind of want there to be a conflict of her friends being like, what is so great about him when you have people like us that are here for you that accept you for who you are? Yeah. You know what I mean? But, but I they also, were just kind of tag along and yeah. like, they weren't utilized. But I do like, I do like at the end where she's like, you, all that standing between us is a fence. You have all of that, but look what Mary has here. And I thought that was a really beautiful I moment. I love that moment. That's when, that's when you walked in on me and I was like literally like crying. Like, I was like, don't look at me. And look at the community she has. But again, like they didn't establish for me how she got that community. It was just because of the news. Cause everyone wanted her to survive on the news. Like everyone rallies around that one person. You want them to survive. You want them to win. But I, again, I, 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 the, her making that crossword putt, like I wanted that to get kind to of brought back. back. Like just a lot of loose ends and a lot of things that weren't connected. Yeah. I would, there's, a, you know, that rule, if you introduce something in the first act, you have to bring it back bring in the third. Back. Like you, you know, it's, and then what they tried to with words matter, but you know, you win some, you lose some, but no, I think there, I think this movie could be made again today. Definitely. I think we would just have to change it up a little bit. I think there's a good movie here. Like I'm like actually inspired to it's make so an funny that you're movie. like, Oh yeah, I believe all of this. And then yet, Sandy's too moving too fast for you in space. She was moving too slow for me in space. She was too slow for me. But she could, yeah, because look, how, look how quickly she could get from Tucson <laughs> to Galveston, Texas. <laughs> and you're telling me she can't turn the wheel a little bit faster than this, the whole movie of gravity? Okay, well, we're going to shove you one of Elon Musk's jets, hey. and we're going to see how you fare up there. You know what? Those None of those people are getting six months of training. I'm worried about them. Not really. Well, because they're not really penetrating the atmosphere they're just doing a little well i'm gonna tell you right now i'm never going into space i never i would never i would never recommend that for you ever 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 i just don't think it's for me no <laughs> um any more stats on this film like do you know how much it made or do you care i don't care i never do that i just more about the vibes of the movie oh no i like stats so <laughs> you're always gonna get more stats you're me. gonna get stats from you you're gonna get vibes from me yo um but yeah no i i 
there's a movie here. There's a really good movie here. And I love when Mary read them for filth when she sent up that letter being like, you spelled this word wrong and I'm totally fine. And no, they, they say something. She gets, they get the, 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 the definition of the word wrong. Yeah. And she's like, well, this is actually the word. You, this is what you mean. And they're like, and I'm okay. I love that. She's cute. But yeah, <sighs> I, I'm, I agree with Sandra. I'm calling her by her full name, Sandra Bullock. I agree with her when she accepted the Razzie and said, y'all didn't watch this movie. If you would watch this movie, this isn't the worst movie that was out there. And wait, by the way, fun, fun fact. Um, when she, before she accepted the Razzie, they said Sandra Bullock's name and this guy comes out and he goes, whoa, whoa, whoa. I just got to hold up. I got to tell you, Beyonce had the worst performance of the entire year. She was nominated. Which she was nominated for Obsessed, which is another movie that unforgettable. Wasn't that bad? I think it's Obsessed. I think it's unforgettable. You want to look it up? I'm going to look it up. Okay. But while you're looking it up, I do want to mention, like, I agree with that. Like, I looked at the, I just skimmed over the list for the Razzies because I knew you were going to cover it. But Transformers was way worse and it won. Thank God. Transform- it's called Obsessed. With oh, Allie Lauder. Allie Lauder? I forget. I just know oh, her from um, Heroes. Unforgettable. I'm sorry. Unforgettable is Rosario Dawson and Katherine Heigl. Okay. Because this movie is literally about. They're the like, same film. Obsessed and Unforgettable are basically the same Obsessed film. Obsessed is a fun movie, though. But I agree. There were other actors in that. Like, I think Hannah. Isn't Miley Cyrus on there, too? Oh, Miley Cyrus was on there for the Hannah Montana there were movie, other act- which was a great movie. There were other actors in that category who were worse. I So I don't think she should have. I, I get her and Bradley winning or winning best or best worst on screen couple. I agree with that. And she goes, no shit, obviously, because I was stalking him in case you did not watch the movie. So, of course, we're going to be the worst couple. Yes, yes. But I'm glad that Transformers, Michael Bay won worst director. Like, I'm glad that Revenge of the Fallen swept because. Yeah. That movie is a bunch of fucking noise. But yeah, so, um, so I, I stand by Sandra. How? All right. So when with Gravity, how many Eddies do you give it? Well, let me do my highbrow and lowbrow moment first of the movie. Oh, okay. Before we get into what I'm going to rate it, because I do want to talk about. Oh, and I guess I have to do my highbrow moment. And you have to do your highbrow. Of, of yeah, but before we rate. So for Gravity, um, my highbrow moment probably had to be. Are you kidding me? I mean, I, I have to say, honestly, the cinematography and just like how beautifully it was shot. I don't I can't choose like a part in the movie that I thought was highbrow. But I Ugh. think the fact that they were able to do all of this, like you said, on like a green screen, essentially. And it was all a computer animated in a light box. 81 minutes of the 90 minute film are computer generated. That's impressive to me. That's going to be my highbrow moment, even though it's not a moment in the movie. That's my highbrow, I guess, situation. And my lowbrow moment... Um, the guy with this face. No, it was the mo- the lowbrow moment is like the fire starting, and her being like, "What's that?" and then being like having to like figure it out. I hated that. I thought that was so stupid. Oh, <laughs> that's <I'm> so upset. <laughs> I know. I'm sorry. I don't mean to upset you on this uh, podcast, but that's how I feel. Okay. And, and what's then, your highbrow and lowbrow moment? And then we'll do our ratings. Do I do of all about Steve? All about Steve. Well, the highbrow moment I think was the end. It was it was Bradley Cooper's speech and and these little the gems that popped out of like words matter. Uh, we have a natural compulsion to fill empty spaces like that was very sweet. And I I wanted them to kind of like if I were had been the producer, I'm like okay, so scrap this whole movie except for this. This is what is the movie should be about. Write a whole new script. And the lowbrow moment, I mean, take your pick. Take my pick. I mean, I think. I think her in the truck driver, her driving with the truck driver and her being like, thanks for not raping me. 
Okay. Yeah. yeah. There were just a lot of one-liners like that. That I, it was amazing to me that Ken was not the most offensive part of this film. Because usually when in Ken's in anything, he's so loud, Ken was obnoxious, a really endearing. And, no, he was like the center of the film. Yes. Which is like never. He never gets cast to do that. So good on you, Ken. Um, yeah. It was. It went way. It went down way easier than Norbit. So okay. it's gonna get a higher score than Norbit for sure. Okay. Awesome. Um, do you want my rating? Give me your Eddie rating for gravity. So gravity, I give three and a half Eddies out of five. Okay. Not even four. No, because I feel like four would be giving it too much. I think it's three and a half Eddies. Okay. It's not a five. It's not a four. It's three and a half. Well, um, Norbit was one, so nothing can be worse than that right now. Um, I'm going to give it two and a half. Okay. Matthews. Um, it wasn't the worst thing I've ever seen, but it wasn't great. Um, but I actually enjoyed watching it. It's weird. Like I enjoyed watching it, but I recognized like, oh, this is a very flawed film. Well, I'm glad that you enjoyed it. I mean, I, I'm not going to say I didn't. I mean, I, the, well, when you uh, have something like Sandra Bullock, it's like, it's, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be at very least like a solid, she's going to make as much lemonade as she can muster. Yeah. I love her. I, love I her really too. do. Um, so do you want to yes. announce our next week's actor? Yes. And so the movies? Our actor. This is going to be a kind of fun one next week. And it's, we, we kind of wanted to do the next two. We kind of wanted to give a little bit of spookiness because it's Halloween. So this next one, I think just oh, we give a little bit of camp, a little bit of spook. And our actor is Michael Keaton. Ah. Emmy Award winning from Dope Sick. From Dope Sick. And Oscar winning um, for one of the films we're doing, the high rough film will be Birdman, which honestly it might be, it's like in my top three favorite movies of all time. And I've been lying to Matthew for the last five years and telling him that I've seen Birdman when I have actually never seen the movie. So this is going to be a first <laughs> my watch God, for me. Uh, he literally is like, you've seen Birdman, right? I'm like, yeah. Cause I don't want to have to like, <laughs> I want to have to brilliant. do what he's going to do to me now, is which is brilliant. Give me a lecture for about 20 minutes about why I need to watch Birdman. And then the next time I say, oh, yeah, Filmed by one it. of the three amigos, not Steve Martin, not Martin Short, but Alejandro Inarritu. Uh And my lowbrow movie is Batman. The OG Batman. The OG Batman with Michael Keaton, which is considered lowbrow, but I love Batman. And so. again, we're Halloween. We figured it's a little, it's a little Halloween for you. Yeah. A little spooky. People dress up like, as Batman. For Halloween. Yes. And he's the Dark Knight. So. <laughs> Spooky dookie. Bats. Oh Friggin' bats. <laughs> Thank that, you so much for joining us for episode two of Highbrow Lowbrow. Um, if you aren't already, please subscribe uh, on YouTube, on uh, Instagram, our, on TikTok. Our handle is Highbrow Lowbrow Pod at Highbrow Lowbrow Pod on YouTube, Instagram, and TikTok. And uh, like, rate, and review us wherever you subscribe to podcasts, whether that's SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play Music, iTunes, or Spotify. And we'll see you next Friday with Michael Keaton. Michael Keaton, Birdman, and Batman. Adios. Bye.